Hey, this is Dave Pryor from Leading Agile Sound Notes. And today, Derek Heather is taking some time out of his afternoon. We're going to talk about something new that Derek is working on. He recently put up a blog post about it. So, Derek, thank you for taking some time. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So, what's the idea? What's the thing that you've got going that you're passionate about right now? Well, so the thing that I'm passionate about, it's all around productivity. And this is something that's been kind of like a uh, splinter in my mind for years and years and years. And so I actually started to draw out diagrams and mapped it out. And I was looking for patterns on what makes people productive and what kills their productivity. And so the end result was a triangle. And it's it's interesting. It's not like I was intentionally trying to fit everything into a triangle, but that's the thing that just kept popping up again and again and again. So let's say you're trying to be productive. And it doesn't matter if you're, this is for you being personally productive or organizationally productive. And I found that there's a pattern of success, and that is if you have a system, if you have a ritual, and if you have habit, I see that if you have those three things, you can be productive or you can be consistently productive. So what are you, where, where are you getting the data from or where are you examining this? Well, what I did was personal experience. That was okay. one thing. And then I mapped it against, well, what do I do? Let's give you, I'll give you some examples that I used personally and professionally. So personally, um, I tried, uh, I've tried using like a Franklin Covey planner. I've tried using David Allen's getting things done. Okay. And I did those for a while and they were successful for a while, but then they then things broke down. And so I actually have these are the three things that you need for success. But then I also have three things that if there's an absence of three things, you'll have failure. Okay. And so the complementary things that kind of put it all together was so you need a system, you need ritual, and you need habit. The things that you if you don't if you lose, you will fail. Is you have to have clarity, you have to have commitment. And you have to have progress. What kind okay. of clarity? So the clarity is, so I I imagine that you have a system. And the system is just a series of steps. Okay. And from that, you have to have some rituals that you go through for as part of that system. If you don't have clarity around the steps, things are going to break down. Okay. Clarity right. of process. Got it. Clarity of process. And then... You have a ritual, but if you don't do that ritual consistently, if you don't make it a habit, again, you're going to fail. Okay. So let's use Scrum Framework as an example. So it is a system, and it has, a, and there's, and part of that system, there's a lot of clarity around that. We've got the Scrum Guide, and we have some rituals that are part of it. And in order for you to get the best outcomes out of Scrum, you have to make things ha- uh, habitual. Okay. So you got to do them consistently. Do your daily stamps every day, sprint planning, reviews, retrospectives. You got to do these things consistently. All okay. right. And so you have clarity around the system and the rituals, and then you have to have progress. And I say progress because originally when I drew this out, I said measurable progress. Sometimes you you it's not measurable. So from a personal perspective, I'm not trying to measure you know lead time, cycle time. I'm not doing those type of things. Right. But what I want to do is I want to see that I'm getting things done. I want to feel like I'm getting things done. You want to do all the things. 
Move the cards. Right. Got right. It. So that's it. So for me, so I'm using Scrum Framework as an example, but you could also use as personal Kanban. Yeah. Personal Kanban is, the, is another. So that's why I was validating this somewhere. Well, let's look at personal Kanban, see how that works. Well, I've got a system. i got a visualized workflow. I have a ritual. The ritual is I review the board first thing in the morning. Uh, and then as I get things, you know, I'll pull things into the queue. And as I get them done, then I will, you know, pull them into a done column. Well, if I don't do that habitually, if I don't look at the board every morning, if I don't limit my work in process, if I don't pull those things to done, well, then I'm not going to see the progress and things are going to break down. And, okay. and the, and the last, the last part of this is commitment. And, Originally, I thought of it being accountability, and I just the language just didn't resonate with me. And again, so in the large, yeah, you might have to have accountability of your organization. You know, people within the organization they got to follow, you know, fall in line with the system. But personally, no, I'm not. You know, I'm holding myself personally accountable. But it's all about being committed to the system or the process. Yeah, I think I think commitment's a better word. Accountable. Uh, yeah. Kind of like not letting yourself get away with it, but committing is a more positive choice to make, I think. Yep. And, and that was part of this as well as I was trying to frame it. Accountability has some negative yeah, you know, connotations. And so commitment wound up being – and that's actually just very recently I changed it from accountable to commitment, accountability to commitment. And that, and that was that aha moment, that little light bulb. I'm like, okay, I think I, I, think I have something here. Because again, it's if you're committed to a system and you start doing, you go through the motion, um, you're going to, it'll become a habit if you get positive response, positive progress. And if you don't, well, then either you need to change the system, got to change the the rituals, or you're just going to abandon altogether. Okay. And so again, I started, you know, and, and I thought way back, you know, thinking of Franklin Covey Day Planner with my little. If have you ever used one of those? Uh, I think I took a one day, a one or two day class in it, and and I didn't uh, follow through. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I really mean, good at studying these things. The follow through right. is with with the exception of personal Kanban. I think I, there's like GTD. I did to a certain point. Franklin Covey. I thought it looked like a nice, very time consuming way of pretending to do things. Eggs, yes. And, and so that's what it happened for me as well. So look at each one of these systems and which, you know, for you to have a system that you can keep doing again and again and again, you need to remove as much friction from the system as possible. Right. So there's that level of overhead. And yeah, Franklin Covey was like, or, you know, I would sit there for an hour in the morning writing A1, B1, C1, you know, writing a list, my little to-dos and doing all these little rituals that you know, they tell you to do. And if you didn't have that book out and if you weren't – You mean the Franklin that, Covey book with the Franklin Covey paper that you had to purchase from Franklin Covey exactly. so that you could pay them more money to be more productive? Yes. Yep. Okay. And if you didn't do all that, well, then you wound up you – know, things failed. Yeah. And – then and then I went on to G, you know GTD getting things done, and then it was that I liked the structure of it, and but what I didn't like was at the time when I was going through it, it was a lot of filing paper is what it felt felt like to me, a lot of organizing paper, 
And okay. you didn't use an app or anything like that to do, to do the work? At the time, no, there wasn't an app. Uh, so this would have been... What, 1900? Like no, like 2005, something like okay. that. All right. In the um, beginning. In the beginning, yes. And and then it was the, the funny, it's like a, another little thing. It wasn't a... After that, this is around the time I started discovering trying to do personal scrum or it wasn't I wasn't doing personal Kanban yet, but it was personal scrum. And I was reading a lot of uh, a lot of books about, oh, how do you improve your productivity? And I remember reading Tim Ferriss's book. And it wasn't that he had a system, if, unless you want to call that book a system, but it was a bunch of rituals and habits you needed to develop. And as a result of it, then you would potentially shorten the amount of effort you would, you know, put into your work week. And, and I still use some of the things that he wrote in the book. I still do some of these so things today. I want to ask you a question about this because my experience, and I, and I don't know Tim Ferriss, I don't know what he actually does, but my experience with the people who become sort of speakers for ritualized practices, uh -huh. when, when you dig a little bit deeper, if it's just like a one-on-one -on -one conversation, what they own up to is the fact that they did that and they don't do that anymore. But when they did it, it worked for a little while, but now they don't do it. Yeah. Um, and well, so I, yeah. and I just, you know, it's like the ritual of people take it to be like, oh my gosh, he does, Tim Ferriss takes a bath every single night before he goes to bed. And, and yeah. the guy with the deep voice, the financial guy takes a frozen dive in his pool every single day. Those people don't do that every day. No, they don't. But it sells books, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It so makes me feel like less is, of a person because I don't do those things. Right. Well, so let me say this. It, it, it's like the little things that he did that I'm like, okay, that makes some makes sense. Like um, allocate a portion of your day, block it out on your calendar for focusing on work so that people can't kind of like uh, invite you to meetings yeah, yeah. or – Put an out of or put an out of uh, put a, an autoresponder on your email saying that you only check your email twice a day. Right. And I don't do that now, but again, I I used to do that depending on the client <laughs> because you want to manage expectations and the idea you get some of your life back as a result of these things. So there are some habits or I I say rituals. So the rituals are yeah you do this and this and this, but if you do them consistently, they become habit and they you you know. Yeah, that's how you're gonna have something that's gonna last you a while if it becomes a habit. I think so. One of the things that my my medita meditation teacher said to me about meditating every day was, she said, "I do it every day because of what happens when I don't." And that was a really powerful lesson that I quickly learned the wrong side of. Is like if you get that habit or that ritual down, mm -hmm. the day that you skip, that's the that's the crappy day. Yeah, that's when everything falls and apart. Right, and so that so. Fast forward to today, yes, I use – there's two things that I use now in – two systems that I use actually that become one system for me for personal productivity is I use personal Kanban, but I also use Pomodoro. I, I use a Pomodoro timer, and I – and I don't use the Pomodoro timer all the time, but it's when I don't and when I don't review my board on a regular basis, my productivity goes right in the dumper. Okay. And so – but when I do – you know, and if I'm using a, a Pomodoro all day, I get so much done, it's ridiculous. So I don't know why I, it's those days I don't do it. I'm like, well, I'm really not getting anything done. I really should set a timer. Now, you know, do, you, I need to, do you plan breaks into that too? And, and like downtime and recharge time into the day? 
Yeah. So okay. well, I don't not taking the naps or anything like that, but I do bake in, you know, I'll, I'll set the timer for 25 minutes and then I'm supposed to, you know, take that five minute break. And I'll admit it's kind of like when you're writing or reading something for a long time, I start getting really, really anxious. And if I actually have a timer, it's almost like a calming mechanism, knowing that I'm going to be done here in a few minutes because I really get anxious and I start leaning forward in my seat. And it's really... <laughs> I'm just trying to picture you sitting there reading with the timer and I'm totally imagining you like, ah, it's got to be like looking at the timer every couple of seconds. Stressed yeah, out it's it. because I'm like, I need to... I mean, here's a perfect example of you know, where I get, I struggle with, let's call it, we're going to say productivity, but it's just reading something. Yeah. If I can see everything I need to read on a single page, I can get through it. If I click on a link and I look at a blog post and that damn thing, I have to scroll and scroll and scroll. Yeah. I'm not going to read the post and I'll get, I'll usually get suckered into reading it on my phone. But if I have to spend more than five minutes and then I stop and I scroll, 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 boom, I'm out. I cannot finish reading something. Now, I have a better probability if I'm at my desktop because then I'll set a timer because I know I can get away from this thing, you know, within 25 minutes. But I can't read long blog posts. It's it, it, there's just way too much. So how many hours a day would you say that you are productively either producing work or um, to me, like reading a blog post or reading something about work is the is kind of like the feeding that ability to to do more work. How many hours of your day are devoted to that? Where, where you're actually doing it. good work? Oh, really good work. I would say I get a good three hours a day. Okay, good. I feel of better. solid work, right. and it's usually first thing in the morning. Yeah, and. Uh, Toward the end of the day, yeah, things start to go a little bit off the rails. There's more and more distractions that come into the day. So more that's, people start taking emails. I want to I want to like highlight this for folks that are listening because the way that you, people talk about it, like you just talked about Pomodoro and having personal Kanban, and even though I know you, I'm picturing like for eight nine hours a day, you're working in thirty minute cycles, you're moving the cards, you're taking the five minute mm-hmm. break, you're never stopping, you're never letting up, and you said you're not taking naps, and I'm like. I'm looking at two to three 10 minute naps in there if I'm, if I'm on, but, mm-hmm. um, but the quantity it's, it's the amount that you can produce in like those three to four hours. Um, and the rest of the time might be email or whatever, but it's just not as value value producing. I would say, is that right? Yeah. I, I, I think as the day goes on, I exponentially get less and less productive. It takes more and more effort to kind of get, less and less out of me. Okay. So unless I take a massive break in which I'm, what I mean is I can do, I can do a lot of work first thing in the morning. And then there's that personal, you know, I'm committed to get something done for the day. Yeah. Well then what I'll have to do is I'll have to wait until after dinner, after the family goes to bed, then I can come back down and I'm completely reset. And you think five minute break will do you some good. You know, try several hours from, you know, yeah. so four o'clock to nine o'clock. Well, at nine o'clock, I'm ready to bust out an hour, two hours of just solid something. Okay. Now, do you have to also balance time in your day for, and this goes back to your productivity practice as well, um, mm-hmm. for like personal maintenance, kind of like mental stability kinds of things. Like for me, it's, you know, meditation, playing my guitar, exercise. If I don't do those things, I'm pretty 
less productive and generally a miserable asshole to the people around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say it's funny. I ignore that a lot. And then I, I can definitely feel that I pay for it later. So there, there are days, like if I'm not on the client side, I actually find that I very productive if I'm at the client site, because I'm in that, I'm in the zone. I can focus on just work, work, work. If I'm working from home, I won't leave. I, I found that I've, I got to get out of the house. I I found a couple of days in the last couple of months where I didn't leave, leave the house. I didn't leave my office. I was in my office, home office for the entire day only to come out for getting coffee and dinner. And then I was back in the office and other than sleep. But my point is I didn't leave the house. And after, so why is that bad? You, is that just bad because you worked all day and didn't take a break? It was I, there's a point like, I really need a break. You think that you, you talked about doing meditation. Yeah. I'm talking about get out of looking at your laptop okay. monitor, you know, get away from looking at my Kanban board over and over and over again and just a complete change of scenery. I don't care if it means go to the store, wander the, yeah. the halls of, of Lowe's change or Home setting. Depot. Change your setting. Totally. Okay. Yep. So that, that recharges you a bit when you do that as well. Completely, it recharges me even more. And which is interesting because I discovered that, yeah, if I go to Lowe's and just walk up and down and do a little window shopping and look at light bulbs and switches and stuff, I feel awesome. Do I do this every day? No, oh I God, don't. It's so only boring. when things. It's huh? <laughs> so boring. Can't you go somewhere fun? Well, maybe that's fun for you. I shouldn't be critical. I'm sorry. Well, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's solving weird problems. It's like, hmm, I like that. Uh, look at that cable. Look at that light bulb. Look at that switch. You know, it's a weird thing. Oh, okay. It's just so it's like a mental exercise for you because you're looking at that stuff. You're probably handy. You can probably fix things. Right. Yeah, to me, so that store is just like, a aisle after aisle of, yeah, I'm inept. I'm inept. I'm inept. So no. yeah, I look at it I'm like, yeah, I could install a three way switch in the house if I and I got this. And this okay. well, what else do I need to put that together? And so, but it's completely shifting the but type of problem. It's more than that. Problem. That's that creative thing. You have to go think about a different problem, and that's one of the mm-hmm. things that I think a lot of people miss out on is like there's time that seems like wasted time. You know, some people I know it was playing video games, or for me it might be reading a comic book, or for you it might be going to Lowe's. But you put your head in a you, yourself in a different location, your head in a different problem set. And it mm-hmm. lets everything else reset so that you can go back to the other thing. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, really you, important. Yeah, I think you get a diminishing return. It doesn't matter. I mean, I think that's maybe why I really like the board. I see the individual cards because these are things I should be able to get done within a relatively short period of time. Because if I don't see that progress, yeah, my my productivity is going to go down and down and down and down and down. And so just completely task switching is going to help me reset and then go after the next thing. So, so will you create a task for something like go to Lowe's or, I mean, does that have to be on your board? I'm looking. Yes. It is. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm that was because like- to me, that was one of the big learnings I took was I, I leave all this self maintenance stuff till the end mm-hmm. and then I can't do anything and I can't do that either. So I have to force myself to put that into the day and space them out throughout the day. Otherwise, uh, that way I can work longer. I don't work a short compressed time like you do. I work in pockets all day, all day and night. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll put stuff on the board and 
whatever it might be, a personal something that for personal work, not work, but personal work or just a distraction, that me time, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I have to put that right onto the board. Otherwise it's going to get, for, like you said, I'm going to forget about it until the very, very end. And I'm not going to have the energy to do it or enjoy it. And, and it's actually for my, you know, it, it'll actually improve my productivity if I pull that in the queue and start doing something that's not work related. Yeah. So this is pretty. So is that? Do you think that um, when you talked about having the the three things again, were what, name them again? Sorry, I'm spacing on what they were. Mm-hmm. The the habit, the oh, clarity. Yeah. So system, ritual, and habit. Okay. So, so is the taking a break part? Is I mean, are all those things that help the system run? Are they part of that too? They could be. So let's say like explicit parts break- of the process. It could be an explicit part of the process. I'm not saying you have to draw it out and say, oh, well, here's my, here's my uh, uh, process flow of, of daily happiness, and I'm, here's my system, and at 10 o'clock I take a break, and 12 o'clock I take a break. You don't have to, but if you have that ritual that you go through and you make it a habit, well, then you can see if you're being productive. Yeah. And if you don't, if you skip that step and you know that your progress goes down, well, then you know, well, maybe that should become a, it's not, it's no longer optional. It should be a required part of your system. So to me, that's what, where you were just going is one of the most impactful aspects of becoming somebody who's like a productivity geek is Mm -hmm. if, if you get past the point of like trying different methods and you find some that work for you, then the study itself is not so much what is the best process, but what choices are you, you start to study yourself and how you work and what makes you more productive so that you can hack your own approach to productivity, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you describe it as hacking. I think that's a more. Uh, you're hacking yourself. You're, you're, you're forcing or trying to find a way to get yourself to work against your own nature. My nature mm-hmm. is to leave all the fun stuff or leave that till the end. And I sit in a chair and work and it happened this morning, three hours in, I'm like an anxious monster because I've sat in one chair doing nothing but one thing for three hours. I have to get up and do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to find a way to trick myself into doing those things periodically. Right. So it is hacking, at least from my perspective. Yep. Yeah. And it's having for me, it, I'm trying to have this diagram in my field of vision at yeah. all times because then I can it's, – it's that constant reminder. Just like my Kanban board you know, is a constant reminder of, well, what's, what am I working on now? What's the next thing? But also on a macro level, well, what is – I know what my overall system is. Yeah. But do I have clarity around things? Do I, am I making progress on something? Am I really committed to doing what I'm doing right now? If I don't – that thing's gonna sit on the wall. Uh, that card's gonna sit on the board a lot longer. Yeah, I I find that 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 mindfulness about am I truly engaged in what I'm doing is that's becoming more and more of my internal conversation. Like if mm-hmm. I'm doing something and I'm not really doing it, I start to question: Well, should I just do something else now? Is this really the right? Is it the most important thing to work on because my brain's doing something else? Right. You know. For for me, it's it's realizing that I have a diminishing return on what I'm trying to do. And just cut my loss and make more coffee, take a break or drink more coffee, do something. <laughs> but otherwise it's like, oh, I could just keep throwing more time at this. Yeah. But I'm just, you know, it's not helping. And, right. And it was funny because I was telling my wife about this blog post 
And she's, and I said, yeah, I've had writer's block for a while. And I really think I've got something here and it inspired me. And so I was able to write, you know, a couple of paragraphs. She's like, Oh, I didn't know you had writer's block. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I did. <laughs> but, but my point is thinking about it and internalizing it, then kind of like, Oh, okay. I think I need to write this down because this makes sense to me. And, and again, if I can then measure myself going forward, well, then I can validate if, well, yeah, I'm on the right track or yeah, I need to modify this a little bit. But I, I really do think that this this is a pattern that happens again and again and again, regardless of the system that you're using. Is it do you tell me if you agree with the statement? I don't think that it's about being good at being productive or producing the most. I think it's about being a student of your own ability to be productive. Like you just again. said, you just said that there's you had writer's block, right? And your wife, uh -huh. did, your wife who knows you better than anyone else, didn't even know you had that. Anybody who's got those productivity processes or approaches, they always come across as like these wizards who have managed to like remove all waste from their life, and they're just super, <clears throat> you know, amazing people. But they have crappy days where they don't get anything done. They get burned out. They sit around and stare at a blank page. Everybody has that. Um, yeah, and I think that. Having an approach that helps you find a way to work through that is 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 what makes them so valuable. I think a lot of people miss the point of productivity practices. They think it's about moving the cards, and it's not about moving the cards. It's about how to restart when you stop moving the cards. Yeah, that was that was something I I read about and tried writing about a couple months ago, and it was about uh, procrastination. Yeah, it wasn't about. It wasn't about trying to be more productive as much as trying to manage or minimize procrastination. And so when it comes to productivity or procrastination, people fall under on this axis. Either they are pessimistic or optimistic or they're indifferent or they're driven. And I believe that people fall somewhere in there. If you are driven and optimistic, you get tons of stuff done. You know, and if you are pessimistic and indifferent, well, then you don't. Yeah. And and so anywhere in between, you know, it it I I'm trying to link either again procrastination or and or not getting things done to productivity, getting things done. The question is, is well, what's the what can you do in order to make yourself more optimistic? What can you do to make yourself more driven, or at least minimize indifference or pessimism. So I agree with the last part. I want to add one thing to it. And that would be, what can you do? If, if, if I was allowed to add a quadrant, a fifth quadrant, it would be, huh? what, <laughs> what can you do to allow yourself the permission to take the time to not be productive when you need to not be productive so that you can be productive later on? Like to me, procrastination, if it's writing or whatever, Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's part of my, like, I, I don't realize it until afterwards, but when I get to the other side of it, I'm like, oh, I needed to sit and stew on that for like a week and a half because I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Like that happens to me with editing the podcast all the time. Like I'll just blow them off and then I was like, ah, but I wasn't <laughs> ready to come back to it until that moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, it's usually I discover that after the fact, yeah. I don't catch it early enough. And so that's, that's the hard part is how can you, what's that checkpoint? What's that catch so that you can save yourself the pain and the agony of, you know, just. 
I think maybe you need a post-it that says it's okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> just it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Just give yourself a hug. It's all right. Take a break. <laughs> <laughs> My wife walks by. What are you doing? Give myself a hug. There you go. That'll yeah. look nice and weird. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to make sure that we put up a link to the blog post, but I really appreciate you talking about this. I know we probably went kind of off field from what your original post was about, but this was a really cool conversation. Um, And if people want to track you down, they can go to the Leading Agile website. We have a link to the blog post, a link to the the Twitter picture. And and do you want to give a shout out to, to your own blog as well? So, yeah, everything on social media or on my personal blog, it's all DerekEther.com or just Derek Ether. And if people want to meet you in person at a lean coffee? You know, we we have uh, the Agile Baltimore group. We just hit 200 people, and we meet monthly in the Baltimore area. And um, I don't frequent a lot of, of meetups, but I'm in the Baltimore, D.C. area, and I'm more than – I'd be excited uh, if anybody reached out to me and we'd meet up for coffee sometime. Cool. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for taking time out of your afternoon. Excellent. Thanks, Dave.